Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Brian Crombie Radio Hour on Saginaw 60. So a friend of mine lived this past week, I think, one of those things that at least I, but probably lots of people have on their bucket list. She got to perform on stage, on stage in, in, uh, in a huge arena in Ottawa with the Eagles. Like what an unbelievable, unbelievable experience. I want to introduce you all again to Beth Sturdivant, who is, uh, is a very accomplished musician. Um, she's a really interesting person in a lot of other ways as well. She's got a fascinating personal story. But last week, she was on stage with the Eagles. Beth, tell us the story. How did this all come about? Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me on, on the show again. Um, so how did this come about? Uh, well, usually when, well, now that bands and orchestras and musicians are kind of slowly making their way back um, post-pandemic, um, the touring bands are really going full production, which is fantastic. And so big bands like the Eagles or um, who else have I played with? Barbara Streisand, you know, the people that can really afford to hire orchestras um, like to to do that because it really adds another element and dimension to the, the experience, right? So um, usually what happens with that is their managers will reach out to contractors in um, various countries where they're touring and those contractors will then reach out to other contractors within each individual city who then reaches out to their pool of uh, contacts musicians to ask if they want to play. And of course, when I got contacted, I jumped right on board. Oh, you're muted. You said, no, I don't want to play on stage. Exactly. That would be so terrible. Exactly. So, yeah, so I jumped on board and um, then, you know, you do all the the pre-stuff. We had to sign an NDA and send us some music and um, kind of a breakdown of what to expect and scheduling and stuff. And then we had no rehearsal uh, this time. That was the first time I'd ever done that. But the music was super easy. I don't really need one. Um, so you get the music beforehand, you show up, they give you a rundown, um, and, uh, then you go on stage and you play. Do they give you instructions as to what to wear? Do they provide the, uh, yeah. the costume? Oh, yeah. what? No, no, they always, it's, it's always black. Um, but whether it's formal black, um, semi-formal, uh, sleeves, no sleeves, they'll kind of give those Give those segues. Yeah, those instructions. I have a, I don't know if I, if I can share this, but I had a really funny story about actually the, the concert clothes and, and clothing. I once played with Harry Connick Jr. at the Toronto Jazz Festival years ago, about 12 years ago. And that one we did have a rehearsal before. 
about an hour before the show. So I showed up. I played with Harry Connick Jr. I knew him from my New York days because I, I uh, uh, did the run of Pajama Game, which he was the star of when I was there on Broadway. And um, so it was nice to see him again, all of that. So after we rehearse, I go to my bag to get my black clothes and I forgot them completely. I had a, I had my shoes um, and I didn't have enough time to go back where I was staying to get them. Thankfully, another violinist had uh, a nice tank top that I could borrow, but the stage hands, <laughs> it was so funny. Um, you know, I had jeans on, you can't go on stage with jeans. So what they did is they took state black stage cloth and they wrapped it around my jeans and tied it behind my back with pink duct tape. So it kind of looked like a little bustle. And, um, oh, it was hilarious. And even, uh, so we told Harry and he came on stage and in the middle of the show, he actually made me uh, stand up and model it in front of everyone and told everyone that I, about what had happened and that he knew me and yada, yada, yada. But so tell us a little bit about uh, your music career. So what instrument do you play? And you played uh, quite professionally for quite a while, did you not? Yeah, absolutely. I play the cello. Um, I started when I was nine. I grew up in Ottawa. Um, my Both my parents are classical musicians, um, professional. They played in the essentially the National Symphony of Canada. It's called the National Arts Centre Orchestra. Um, and so I did that as uh, throughout my high school, went to arts high school. Then I went to a uh, pre prestigious um, arts boarding school in Michigan to finish high school. And then I followed my career to go to, to conservatories and universities in the States, um, studying music. Um, and then I went to Banff. There's a beautiful art center there. Uh, I went there after university to kind of focus on practicing and figuring out where I want to go next. Then I traveled to, lived in Greece for a little bit. Um, and then I actually quit cello for a year and I moved to Toronto and I did personal training, completely sidebar. Personal yeah. training, like fitness training? Fitness training. Really? Like, completely. I mean, I don't say I quit cello, but I, I took a break. And then I, as fate would have it, got called back. So one of the contractors I was mentioning in Canada, he's since passed, but... Um, he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to do a touring gig um, in the States with a Disney show it's called On the Record. Not a, They made it specifically for touring. Right. Um, so it was based out of New York City, um, tour, you know, multiple cities within a year. You live on the road. And I said yes. So there I was back in the music world, um, touring with this Disney show for a year. And then after that, I was like, okay, well, where do I want to go? So I decided to move to New York City because of, I had con contacts there and it seemed the most natural thing to do. So I moved to New York City and literally the, within one month of moving there, I had I got hired to play the solo cello part in that production with um, Harry Connick Jr. on Broadway. Incredible. Yeah, and so it was kind of like this whirlwind from that. And then I got contracted to play uh, in the orchestra with Barbara Streisand on her tour. So it was just, um, it was amazing. When I got to New York, it was like, it just felt like home. And that kind of environment of playing. I played with orchestras. I love uh, symphonic music. I love playing with orchestras. But there's something about the diversity of 
being a, a freelance musician in New York City and in LA and playing different things and with different people that is just uh, very powerful. Yeah. Why did you give it up? Um, I'm not gonna say I gave it up so much as life took a left turn. And my fiance at the time in New York City that I was living with, we had gotten pregnant and I say I had gotten pregnant. Um, and then at the time he uh, left me while I was pregnant, five months pregnant. And I'd just been in New York for about a year and a half. And I couldn't at the time imagine being a single mother in New York City by myself budding career in you know just starting out essentially um with no support in the states there's no support for well there's no support period um as far as uh for single parents so i moved back to ottawa you know just uh, be with my parents for the for the help um he and i reconciled i moved back to new york lived there for a year but the problem with um the freelance scene it's very fast, right? You have to be on the forefront of those contractors' minds yeah. when stuff comes in. So all of a sudden I was out and then I come back in and I'm not on everybody's minds. I hadn't done the the grunt work of really playing the smaller gigs to really work up into, um, like, I, like I said, I went right into a Broadway show, which is not usual when you're new in the city. Yeah. Usually you have to sub, you know, get to know people, kind of work your way up. So I hadn't done the smaller things to really fill in the the, the darker spots when, when you don't have those bigger gigs, like playing with Streisand and stuff. So it was really dry, you know, and then, uh, yeah. So that year I didn't have as much work, but I started to slowly start getting back into it, getting calls to play on, on different Broadway shows for to sub in for a cellist. Um, and then he did it again. Then he cheated on me. I was pregnant with our second son at the time uh he did it again cheated on me left me and uh, at that point I, I just decided to pack up and move back to ottawa full time so it was like um and ottawa's different it's a different scene um i was teaching cello i became a suzuki music teacher i was even director of a music school but to me that's not my passion i even went back to university got another degree in uh, education because at that time when you're struggling to kind of redefine yourself and figure out who you are you know you're like well i guess i'll try this i'll try that yeah, yeah. you know all that stuff so i did that it wasn't that great i didn't love it but you do it because you have to do what you have to do um so it's kind of a process of unwinding from who you thought you were and then rebuilding and remembering who you truly are. And so that, and what I do now is. Unwinding from who you thought you were mm -hmm. and then a process of trying to figure out who you really are. Yeah. Becoming who you really are. Remembering, I should say. Remembering who you really are. Because I didn't, here's the thing. Playing the cello is a very prestigious unique thing and everybody when you say you're a classical cellist i mean especially cello everybody loves i've never met anyone who's like oh fuck, i hate that i hate that uh, instrument or uh, you know it's not my favorite 
everybody loves a cello because it resonates with your heart, right? It's like the heart, um, the frequencies actually resonate in your heart center. So it really, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's like the, the, the sound of love we'll say the cello is the sound of love. Yeah. It resonates with your heart. And actually, yeah. And actually actors, sometimes they'll do an an exercise where they'll talk in different points of their body to, um, you know, to give different inflections and, and, uh, tones in their voice so like you can talk up up in your your mind which is the um which they refer to as the violin voice and then the throat which they refer to as the viola which is the bigger violin a little bit deeper sound the cello is the heart center so when you talk down in your heart it's more grounded it's it's deeper and then the double bass is uh obviously down in the root you know down in the root structures really uh, the bowels of of who we are um, bowels of who we are is the, <laughs> the double bass i'm sure some double bass players might not appreciate that analogy it's a great a great uh description thank you for that i didn't uh, ever think that through about uh, the brain the throat the heart and the yeah and yeah the instruments what must have been just an incredible experience to be like i grew up with the eagles i love the eagles and and you know barbara streisand uh uh, you know, some of the others that you played with, you know, I, yeah. undoubtedly Barbara Streisand would have been amazing as well. Oh, jeez. In your hometown. That would have been a lot yeah. of fun. That We're was take fun. a break. We're going to take for some messages and be back in just two minutes and hear more about the adventure that uh, Beth Sturdivant, Sturdivant had playing the cello on stage with the Eagles just last week in Ottawa. Stay with us, everybody. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brian Crummy Radio Hour on Saga 960. I'm having a really enjoyable sort of, uh, I wish I could put this on my bucket list kind of conversation with Beth Sturdivant, who is a a uh, unbelievably accomplished performer. She plays the cello. She's played it uh, um, around the world or around North America. Around the world, you played in Greece as well. So you played around the world. And she's played with Barbara Streisand. Uh, and last week, she had the opportunity to play with the Eagles on stage in Ottawa. What an unbelievably fun experience. And uh, and so I just um, you know thought it would be really interesting, Beth, if you could just share with us a couple of the experiences um that you you know you had um on that stage and what it was like to uh to be up there what was it like uh, it's really hard to describe how exhilarating it is to be on stage with 20,000 people screaming and cheering and just having that energy and that excitement so this particular uh experience there was a string orchestra for some of the songs, we played six songs and we were placed on um, a, a, a platform that would go up and down. So that way, when the Eagles were singing, uh, we could go onto this platform, get into position, and then we would be, um, uh, ri- it would rise up uh, for the songs that we would play. Then we would go off and go back to the room where we were waiting for the next songs. Um, And that's super fun because when you're coming up and then people see you, especially for the first time, it's just, again, it's like another added element of 
amazing amazement, you know, to have an actual string orchestra on there. It was very tight, the spacing, um, very tight. So you could hardly move. Um, so we were kind of in two rows. I was at the very end of the second row. And funny enough, my stand partner, the cellist I was sitting with, cellists play, um, uh, so we'll do the fingered notes with our left hand and play with the bow on the right hand, generally. He does it opposite. And I've never played with somebody who plays fingered right hand, bow hand, left hand. So it was a little bit of a mind twist there because he's going opposite direction, but still fun. Um, yeah, so you come up and you see the eagles and you hear them and they sounded amazing and the crowd is cheering. And then one of the songs, there was a choir that sang with us, um, which again, adds another element of, of amazement. And, and visually, it looks incredible with yeah. uh, the Eagles in front and then the, the orchestra and then the choir in behind. It must've been, the sound must've been spectacular. Oh, it's so fun. It's so spectacular. It really is. What are, what are some of the favorite songs uh, that the Eagles sang that you got to sing, that you got to play? None of the ones that I are my favorite. <laughs> I was, no, in one time, what's sorry? In in one time, it would appear that you were on the big screen, so that, oh, so that yeah. the, the cameraman focused in on you, and that must have been wild for you and your friends. Well, you don't see it, right? Because the screen's behind you. Um, and actually, we got in trouble from the stage crew, big time. I've I've never actually dealt with a management that was so uh, high strung, but any case. Um, so you can't see what's behind you. You can't see the cameras, but you know that they're all around. Uh, yeah. So my friends, I, I knew a lot of, I made a post telling people that if they were going to the Eagles concert to be on the lookout for me for some of the songs. So throughout the whole concert, I'm getting all these messages, texts and everything of people taking videos and pictures. And my friend Lisa took this shot and it's incredible. It's like, it's such a great shot. It is a great shot. And the, yeah. obviously your blonde hair just sort of glows in the light. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm very grateful for this shot. And it was really nice because you don't get to see these perspectives normally, right? Being on stage, you don't see what the audience sees. You don't feel what they feel, so to, so to speak, because you're in it. So it's really nice to have that experience too. What's it? Is it dramatically different? You said uh, really exciting being on stage in front of 20,000 people, you know, a typical orchestra would be a couple thousand, correct? If you're uh, No, a typical orchestra would be a couple hundred. And it's different because when you're playing a symphony with a symphony or any type of, you know, traditional classical setting, it's very structured and almost pretentious in a sense, because it's like, and I think that's where the disconnect is with so many people who aren't brought up in that, environment of learning what classical music is and why it's so great you're kind of intimidated by the fact that okay you come to these performances and you're not allowed to clap here but you can clap here and you know you have to be very serious and whereas when you're playing with a band there are no rules right it's just the energy and the more that the audience gives the more that the band plays because it's it's energy energy breeds energy so it's so much more, even though the music for, for, from our perspective is very bland and boring as far as performing, it's so fun 
because of the energy, the excitement, the, the people, like it's just such a different experience. So that's interesting. What you're saying is that, uh, that the band gets energy from the audience. And I guess people have already always said that and uh, you hear it, but I guess I've never really believed it. Um, where you're saying that if a, if an audience is sitting on their, sitting on their hands, um, a band will play differently than if they're up dancing and singing and going crazy. 100%, 100%. When it's in those kind of environments, in a classical music setting, no, because classical musicians are very, so I'll say set in their ways. Yeah. So they, that would be frowned upon. Even though in my world, I would love that. You play Shostakovich symphony and people are, you know, fired up. Um, it's just two, two completely different worlds. What an incredible experience. You know, the other thing, and this, is, this wouldn't be applicable to you, obviously, given that you play the cello, but I've always wondered what it's like for an artist when they put the microphone toward the audience and the whole audience sings their song, their words, their lyrics, and knows them as well as, as the artist does. So that obviously they, uh, they're in love with that music. That must be a real, a real rush. For sure. For sure. To, to, to be able to share that experience and to know how much it's touched people's lives and how much they love it. You know, it's, that's what music is all about. In my opinion is this it's the other than math the universal language right it's what bypasses the conscious mind and gets to the subconscious mind and gets right to the heart of of our emotions and our experiences and our memories so to to mix that with the the energetic exchange of judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Whatever it is you're trying to create or the environment is has the potential to be extremely uh, powerful. Is there someone that you'd uh, love to play on stage with? Mm, I love playing with Harry Connick Jr. Because he's just fun. He's fun. He's super humble. He's just, it's always different. Um... I mean, Barbara Streisand is just an experience. It's just an experience. And were you on tour with her? So you went to yep. several places? Yep, yep. We, we toured for two months across North America. When was this? Um, that was in 2006. And there's even a movie that was made. We did a video in uh, Florida. And yeah, that was a, an amazing experience. I went to see That was a full orchestra. Full I went orchestra. to see Barbara Streisand in 2019 in Madison Square Gardens. And... Uh, um, you know, like a year before COVID and we all were closed down. It was one of the last big concerts I went and one of the, I've only been to a handful of con concerts in Madison Square Garden. So it was really unbelievable to watch it there. 
and I had front row balcony seats. So I had an incredible view. So it wasn't close, but, but I had an unbelievably unobstructed view of the stage. Amazing. And she was amazing. And the night was amazing. And, uh, you know, it was interesting that uh, they pointed out or she pointed out from the stage that the Clintons were there and uh, the mayor of New York was there and a whole bunch of. So, you know, a whole bunch of the stars of New York came out, both political and uh, artistic as well. Um, yeah. And business came out to to watch Barbara Streisand and, and she her voice was still unbelievably strong and resonant. It was it was really one of the better concerts I've ever been to. And that's the thing. I'd never been a Barbara Streisand fan or really knew much about her until I had the opportunity of playing with her. And then when she first sang, I was like, oh, okay. This lady has a voice. It's legit. Like, she's really talented. Okay. You know, kind of excuse the diva, diva personality when you hear that, you know. Um, but yeah, when we tour every, well, the major like LA, New York, uh, Chicago, the people, you'd see all the stars in the, the front row and then they would come backstage. And um, that was always fun because you'd always look in, okay, who's here today? You know, Bill Clinton came in, the whole auditorium, uh, the whole uh, arena, Madison Square Garden, you know, stood up and cheered. Oprah came, the whole the same thing. Um, it's fun. It's really fun. It's, it's What is it about being in a crowd? You know, is it is it some communal experience that we want to have? You know, listening to the music in your home on a CD player or something like that is far better music from a music quality standpoint. Um, and and listening to them live in a small setting would be wonderful. It would be fantastic. But there's something about being in a huge crowd. What is it? It's a great question. It, it comes back to that connection, that energy. Right. Being with people and having an experience together, regardless of your differences, you're all there to experience something that you love in this this moment of celebration of whatever it is, you know, and then your experience. You could be sitting next to somebody who has the complete opposite views of you of everything, belief systems. But yet you're sharing this moment in time where you're both so excited and happy and feeling joy, like all those roots of what we are as humans. And that's the power of music is it can offer us those um, and to get that in a, in a crowd of 20,000 people. I mean, that is true. Again, I always say power. I'm saying power a lot, but that's, that's healing, right? That's, that's community and celebration. And I mean, we'd kind of, sometimes you'll get some, the odd heckler and stuff like that, but for the most part. Um, but yeah, we don't know those people. We don't know them. We just we're just there with them. And so, how do you have community and commune with people that you don't know? You know, I've seen these pictures. Uh, I'm not sure if you've uh, seen of late of uh, Coldplay's tour, um, and they're giving people bracelets that have got little lights shining, and so you get the whole, you know, stadium. It's not arenas; it's a stadium tour. So, sixty thousand people, all shining the light at a specific time, and people love it. People love being part of this production where, you know, there's synchronized uh, light bulbs um, effectively. And so, the, you know, they're not volunteering to do it. It's a, it's, it's a computer generated thing on their wrist that's doing it, but people go nuts over it. So there's something about being part of a communal experience 
yeah. that brings people together and, and, and people will describe it as, you know, one of their better experiences in life. That's a great point. That's a great point. Absolutely. It's just, again, coming to the core of who we are and what makes us happy and brings us joy and being part of this production and feeling. And I think that's a lot of the people that I knew that were in the uh, arena for the Eagles concert were so happy and excited to see me on stage because here they have this connection to someone with, on stage. in some way. Right. Um, and it, it really, it's just so fun because it brings us out of our problems. It brings us out of the, the, the mundane complacency of life and, and our problems and struggles and all of that stuff. And, and it's really invigorating, really fun experience to share. My guest tonight is Beth Sturdivant. We're going to take a break. Be back in two minutes. Stay with us, everybody. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca. Welcome back to the Brian Crumby Radio Hour on Saga960. So Beth, you've gone through some challenges, um, a broken relationship, um, changing careers. Uh, you said that you had to figure out who you were and who you wanted to be. How'd you do all that? And how do you stay so strong? Uh, well, it's, it's the hero's journey. We're all trying to find our way back to that inner holy, holy grail that's within us, right? That, that purpose, that greater purpose that, Sometimes we look for externally in these experiences, but how do we take those experiences and bring them internally so that we carry that through throughout our lives? So we're not looking for, you know, what's the next hit? What's the next hit? What's the next hit to make us feel those things when we, when that comes from within. Right. So I wasn't feeling that and, and having that experience of being abandoned, pregnant, you know, walking away from my career, all of those things. While it was awful and I never would want to experience it again, I'm so grateful for it because it catapulted me on this path towards understanding who I am, what I'm capable of, and really facing the darker parts of myself that I didn't want to perhaps look at before that may have caused me to um, do things that weren't really becoming of my true nature, of who I was. So it's kind of, you go on this, this journey of self-discovery, really going into the belly of the whale, so to speak, of trying to understand, well, okay, this is me, this isn't me, who am I, right? Um, so there was that period from New York uh, until 2016, when I was really kind of not very healthy, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, even though I was going to the gym, taking care of myself, I was going to therapy, I'm looking for all these things to kind of help me get out, climb out of that, that cave, or I'm going to say not even want to go into the cave, right? Help me kind of figure out how can I change without actually changing? You know what I mean? How can I heal and help myself without actually healing and helping myself? So it's kind of this dance around the cave, so to speak. It wasn't until, even though that breakup with the, the father of my children was hard, it wasn't, it wasn't enough 
will say to really make me dive deep. It was the breakup with somebody that I loved deeper than I'd loved anybody, including, I'll say myself, uh, that I had a stronger connection with that I'd met in 2014. Um, when, when I started to react and act in ways that was completely different than I'd ever acted before because of what things had happened, right? Because when we don't resolve and heal trauma and experiences, it compounds, it, it, they all add up, right? And they start to cause us to, to behave in certain ways or um, do things that we might not have done previously. So all that to say is in that relationship, I would act in certain ways that I'm going to say kind of fulfilled the prophecy that I thought, well, he's going to leave me subconsciously. He's going to leave me anyway, because you were well, almost manifesting that he was going to leave you. 100%. Even right. though you deeply love that person, like love that person, want to be with them. Part of you is like, well, I need to prove that I'm not worthy enough to be with. You have to prove you're not worthy enough? Subconsciously, yeah. There's a, a part of our subconscious mind that that self-worth piece that is like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worth being loved. But this you're beautiful. You're accomplished. You're a professional cellist. You're uh, articulate. You're educated. Why aren't you worthy? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because self-worth is the biggest wound that everybody has to struggle with in their lives. The biggest wound. And regardless of what you look like or how what you do, that's still there. And then when our experiences validate that or create a deeper connection with that lack of self-worth, you know, because I've had traumas, I've had many experiences that have kind of pulled me away from that. Oh, you know, we come to this world, bright, beautiful, full of light and love, but then things happen and it takes us away and it dampens that light that we have. And so even though on the outside, you may look like you've got it all together and perfect, you may be acting in ways that are not true to that. And so while I felt like a strong warrior, independent woman, when I'd have my um, period or PMS, or when I'd have one or two drinks, where all of a sudden you don't have control, all of that stuff inside that you haven't resolved comes out in different ways. And so when I say you basically become prophes prophes prophesy of your own worst nightmares, then it's then you're like, oh, see, I knew it. I knew I wasn't good enough. I knew you would leave me. Yeah. So it was that moment when I was, I knew because it was, I distinctly remember thinking, but I'm not that person. Why? Am I doing this? Why am, Why is this happening? I am not that insecure person. I am not that X, Y, Z. How can I lose somebody that I love this much because of things that I'm deep down, I don't really feel that I am. So that's where you finally. Why did that relationship break up? Uh, well, we're it's, very, again. 
no, no, not at all. It's very layered uh, because again, I was overly emotional. Sometimes I would react. I'd become jealous at moments. Right. But I'd never been like that before in my life ever. So again, all that compounded experience, uh, traumas and bad experiences were finally manifesting uh, in that way. And the universe has a funny way. Okay. It's like class. Okay. Well, you didn't learn this time. We're going to have to up the stakes. Okay. Well, are you going to graduate now? Okay. No, you're not learning. Well, we need to really create an impactful situation for you to finally learn. And you get to these moments where it's like literally do or die. You're either going to climb out or crawl back in. This time you really learn. Well, this time, this time it was like, yeah, it was basically, I have to go into that cave and dig myself out and become my own hero or I won't survive. And are you your own hero today? 100%. You're my hero. You got to, you got to play on stage with the Eagles. You're completely my hero. We're going to take a break, a final break and come back in just two minutes with Beth Sturdivant, who um, is a really interesting person. Uh, and she got to play on stage with the Eagles last week, um, the uh, cello, which is her instrument. And what an amazing experience. Stay with us, everybody. We're going to be right back in two minutes. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brian Crumby Radio Hour on Saga 960. My guest tonight is Beth Sturdivant, who is, is it a celloist? Is that the right description? Who, who plays the cello? What's the... Yeah. A cellist. A cellist. Celloist, of course. A cellist, I apologize. Um, which is, as she's described, the instrument that is the, the heart uh, sound, because it resonates with the heart, unlike the violin or the viola that are the brain and the throat, or the double bass that is the uh, the roots. Um, the, the cello is the sound that resonates with the heart. I love that description. Last week, she got to play on stage with the Eagles. And, uh, you know, what an unbelievably amazing experience that uh, that must have been to uh, been on stage with the Eagles and and uh, and playing. And uh, uh, one of her friends captured a uh, captured a picture of her actually right there on the big screen, right in, right behind the Eagles uh, performing, um, you know, just got to be a bucket list for for me, if not uh, for uh, for a lot of people. Um, when I was a teenager, I was a singer in a in a band. Um, I, they kicked me out shortly uh, after my voice changed. So I didn't uh, continue along on that. But Beth, that was one of the dreams I had was to be someone like you up on stage and performing in, in that kind of experience. You've found some other outlets. You've been very successful as a cellist, but now I saw that you were all in huge makeup uh, a week or two on social media, um, and you run some uh, some uh, special programs for females uh, to try to find out who they are and find their inner warrior. Tell us a little bit about uh, those experiences as well, if you could. Absolutely. Um, so I always liken it to, you know, the hero's journey. I don't know if you've ever read um, James Camp, uh, Joseph Campbell's uh, book, The Hero's Journey, but we're all on this quest to remembering who we are. And by that meaning, you know, who we are aside from our ego, aside from our traumas, aside from the, the things that have happened to kind of pull us away from the, the, the heart of, of us as individuals. And so all of our, all of our lives, it's kind of this, this it's the same story. 
we're all living the same story, experience, trauma, loss, um, fall from grace, you know, all these moments that are there to help as much as people don't like to, to, to think of it this way, but to help us grow, right? That, hap that happened for us, not to us, if we're able to, um, to use it in such a way. Um, it's just different people, different scenarios, different events, but the theme is always the same. Um, and it's coming back to that hero, becoming the hero of our own lives, saving ourselves, really only that warrior. Lives. Saving yeah. ourselves. Exactly. Becoming that warrior that we need to be to do that. So um, I started a workshops in 2016. I'd had a, in deep meditation, I'd, in trance, I'd had a vision of this, um, what I had to do in this gi gigantic center that eventually is starting to formulate now. Um, but you have to slow, slowly start the process. So I offered workshops for, for women um, uh, to really strengthen themselves on the inside and externally using weapon darts. So swords, shields, but also combining that with mindfulness meditation, things like that. So there's that balance of inner strength, outer strength, why the sword? Because it's so symbolic of, of everything, power, strength, um, chivalry, uh, honor, you know, courage, all those things that, that we, we really admire and need in our own lives. Um, so I did that for a while. Then I opened up my own business about a year, a little, little over a year before the pandemic hit. Pandemic hit. Uh, we did not have very supportive um, uh, tenants. Uh, sorry, not tenants. Um, gosh. Sorry? Landlords. Yes, thank you. Landlords at the time. Um, so we were not able to stay afloat during all of the closures, but it's fine. I, there was no part of me that regretted any of it. Um, so we did close, uh, but that was the seed. It was like planting the seed, so yeah. to speak. And you run these uh, sessions today, these seminars? Um, right now, I, I just focus on my own personal one-on-one -on -one, uh, work with clients. As okay. a and if people want to uh, to check that out and potentially uh, hire you for that, uh, is there a website that they can go to? Yep, they can go to my website, uh, bethsturdivant.com. Mm-hmm. BethSturdivant.com. And uh, and if you uh, follow Beth, you'll see some incredible pictures of her and her warriors, uh, sometimes in makeup, sometimes in costume, doing some incredible things. And uh, I'd love to try it, but I guess I'm not a female, so I'm not allowed. But I think it'd be a lot of fun to, uh, to get dressed up as a warrior and uh, try to find your inner warrior. And I think that this idea about, uh, you know, finding your hero, finding that passion that you've got. Uh, finding out who you wanted to be when you were a teenager or a kid again um, and uh, and not forgetting it because uh, so many of us get get into the routine don't we and, uh, and 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 we forget who we really wanted to be and what we really wanted to achieve and uh, I think Beth you've uh, you've reminded me of one of those things by just your experience on uh, on stage uh, in Ottawa with the Eagles um, and uh, you've reminded me several times before talking about being a warrior and uh, finding your passion and uh, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. That's our show for tonight. Beth Sturdivant got to play on stage with the Eagles. What an unbelievably fascinating experience. Um, with 20,000 people in the audience, she had friends take pictures of her. She uh, got the experience of, uh, of playing those songs, even though they may not have been the most challenging song she's ever played, but had 20,000 people watch her on stage rise out from behind the Eagles 
And as they came up and then a choir appearing uh, in behind, that must have been an incredible experience. One of those things that, you know, Beth, even if we can't all live, I can live and other people can live vicariously through you. So thank you for sharing that experience with us. Amazing. Thank you for having me. That's our, show, that's our show for tonight. Thanks for joining us. I'm on every Monday through Friday at, at 6 o'clock on 960 AM. You can stream me online. Beth even from Ottawa at www.saga960am.ca. Good night, everybody. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca.